Praise God. Good to be in God's house. Amen. On a Tuesday evening, and we want to welcome you. Thank you so much for coming out to be part of our camp meeting. And our opening prayer, I mean, our opening song speaks about praising the Lord. We have so much to praise Him for. He's been good to us, hasn't He? Amen. Been so good to us. Saved our soul. Amen. Delivered us from sin. Amen. Filled us with the Spirit of God. Amen. Made us children. Of God, we just have so much to praise Him for tonight. Would you stand? Let's open in prayer. Let's invite the Holy Ghost to have His way in this service tonight. Heavenly Father, we come to You. We do thank You for Your goodness, for Your mercy. Thank You for Your great grace. We thank You for the knowledge, God, tonight of this great salvation. And we pray, Spirit of God, that You would come into this house. We pray, have Your way. We pray that You touch every heart and every life. And on every portion of this service, let Christ be lifted up. And glorified in everything that's said and done. I pray that no one will leave like they came tonight. God, will be very careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. In that wonderful and glorious and lovely name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Worship while they sing.
Cause he's almighty God, Prince of Peace is he. Oh, I will praise him. I'm gonna praise him. Cause he's almighty God, Prince of Peace is he. Yes, I will praise Would you lift your hands and give him praise tonight? Oh, we worship you, Lord. We praise you, God. We bless your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless your glorious and wonderful name. Hallelujah. Everyone that will, please come and help us in the choir.
365 in the hymn of PXT.
tonight. Come on, somebody give him a praise here tonight. Jesus knows. Hallelujah. Glory to God forever. Well, there's not an hour that he is not near us. No, not one. No, not one. There is no night so dark, but his love can cheer us. No, not one. No, not one. Well, did ever say, but this friend forsake him. Watch like snow and 
in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. There's coming a gathering time. Amen. Where we're going to gather in the presence of the Lord and be with him for an eternity. The apostle said, if I had hope in this life only, I would be of all men most miserable. Amen. I'm glad there's a hope of a better life to come. If you believe that, say amen. So glad to have uh, all of you with us tonight on our second night of our uh, camp meeting and missions conference. I'm going to go over uh, part of our missions program, and what I'll do is each night I'll talk about one a little bit, and then we'll receive uh, we'll receive our offerings and missions pledges. But before I do, 
Amen. My, how Sister Linda preached this morning. Amen. Who's building that house? I want God to build my house. We love her and appreciate her and Brother Baltman so much. I was talking to someone today, and I said, you know, they've been preaching here. We, I was, before church, was talking to them about it uh, since before I came, and I've been here 20 years this month, and they were preaching here two pastors prior to me. So for uh, 30 years, uh, Sister Linda and Brother Brewer have been coming this way, preaching, strengthening, and there's no way to calculate all the blessings and the benefits and 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 all the uh, the mileage we've gained and 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 the progress we've made as a result of their ministries to us, amen, and to this church. They are a part of the reason that in spite of all the devil has done to try to stop it, stamp it out, there's still a church in this location, amen. They've, they've been a part of the reason why, why we're still here, and we just love and appreciate them so much, and we're looking forward to Brother Roger preaching tonight as far as we know. Amen. I told him today, and she said, you better not get up and say that tonight. But I, I told him this morning, I said, here's the schedule. This is the schedule. I said, now, Sister Linda's going to be preaching whenever she takes a notion. And then Brother Roger and I are just going to fall in uh, and do what we're told. Amen. And she said, he said that like I pulled rank on him. I said, well, you did. You know, like I'm going to say, no, ma'am. I know better. <laughs> Amen. But we do love and appreciate her so much, and we're glad she could come be with us in this meeting. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the Caribbean before we receive our offering and our, our pledges. Uh, for those of you who have asked, Brother Emmanuel Oslam is coming in this evening. Brother Aaron Maurer is on his way to the airport to pick him up, and he's excited to be in this meeting, and I'm excited for him to get here. But uh, this is one, one of the, the areas of missions that we've been working on and focusing on uh, for the last couple of years. But in this last year, uh, there's been a, a, a large focus on the Caribbean region. Preaching to my church over the last couple of years about the Caribbean, I had the feeling that God was going to move in that region, but that that region was going to become a gateway to the world in world missions. And I can tell you, we have certainly seen that come to pass uh, where we're concerned and, and, in, and through the church of God. Uh, this last year, I was asked to serve as the Caribbean Evangelism and Church uh, Growth uh, Director. I accepted that, and that, that gives us, we're over now, uh, 3,000 churches, a half a million members, uh, 20 administrative bishops working under the field director and through three superintendents, and the mandate for the Caribbean Evangelism Department is revive, bring revival to the Caribbean. Now, that's quite a mandate, isn't it? Amen. And they have, uh, and of course, our field director said, what your church is doing and what you're doing all around the world in different places, he said, I want you just to bring that here. It's kind of undefined, but we want you to bring that here to us. And we have certainly seen God do some great things. We've seen churches planted. We're in the process of, of training ministers. We just held a mass crusade across the region, 11 crusades in 11, 11 different locations. And we saw, conservatively, we saw 1,000 people come to the Lord uh, just this last, I believe it was December, this last December we had those crusades and what a mighty, mighty powerful move of God it was across the region. And so our theme for the Caribbean is from a mission field to a mission force. Now for many years the Caribbean has been viewed as a region who just asked for help with, with the handout, come help us. Well, our theme in Caribbean evangelism is to move the Caribbean from a mission field to a mission force. Well, to get us there we have to, of course, maximize ministry in the region because I don't care if it's a church, a state, a region, whatever, 
if you maximize ministry there, it, it has to necessarily reach beyond its borders. And so that's the purpose, and we're, we're just taking simple principles. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel or make it a more complicated wheel. We just take the Word of God. We believe what the Bible says. You know, God didn't make evangelism and ministry uh, a mystery to us. <laughs> Amen. We have the pattern in the New Testament. We have, we have a New Testament people baptized in the Holy Ghost. Man comes down from the upper room full of the Spirit, preaches. You can read what he said in three minutes and 3,000 souls are added to the kingdom. Well, he's anointed. Amen. He's, he's anointed. Well, that generation reached its entire generation with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ without an airplane, without a printing press, without an internet. And so we've just come in and we've said, you know, if that had worked 2,000 years ago, it'll still work now. Well, you know, in the last 20 years, there have been all kind of fads and trends that have come down the pike. Now, I can tell you in the last five years, particularly in the last two years, many have, have, have woken up and they've been disappointed. They said, we've tried everything they said. We've, we've bought everything they sold us. We've tried every formula they passed down, and none of it has helped us, healed us, revived us, or delivered us. But this, when you come through preaching under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and they see and they feel the life in biblical evangelism, that that's real, it leaves an impact on them. And it's like, they're, it's like they're looking back to something that they used to have, and they're saying, we want this again. I, I, I've been knowing we've been right all along. Amen. Just stay where we are. Be what God has called us to be and take it all over the world. We have come to a time that men are hungry for what we have, and we owe them a gospel. God's been good to us. It's time for us to pay up. Now, I'm not just talking about in finances. It's time for us to pray. It's time for us to fast. It's time for us to be filled until we can minister from the overflow and let this world know there's still a real God. There's still a real Pentecost. It has not changed. It'll work anywhere you preach it. It'll deliver men. It'll get men to Jesus. It'll get men to heaven. And so that's what we've been working on for the last little while in the Caribbean. And one of the, one of the hindrances to, to ministry in the Caribbean is its beauty. You know, it's a paradise. People look at the tourism side. Let me tell you what that, let me give you the reality of that. Tourism in the Caribbean is like a Hollywood Western set or a movie set. And Brother Roger can tell you, you see the facade. You see, where the, you see where the ships come in and you see all those little shops. And you think, well, that represents the country. It absolutely does not. There's a third world behind that, behind all of that. And in the last couple of years, we've been hit with two storms. Uh, Irma and Maria, and they have not recovered. And we've been trying to help them recover. On the island of Barbuda, for the first time in 300 years, not a human being on that island. And they all, most of those went to uh, Antigua, and we're taking Antigua over uh, the end of this month under the Caribbean portfolio. And Antigua's broke, and the infrastructure's bad, storm affected. We have one church in, well, we have several churches, but uh, where the foundations have been undermined, and we're trying to go in now and uh, help them with tents. We're sending tents in while they worship under the tents and get their churches uh, repaired and ready to worship in. Uh, we're trying to help them with that, to help those churches get back on their feet. But it was just a terrible, terrible time that they have yet to recover from. So we've approached it from several different angles. One is crusades, crusades. We've been, we've been getting good men, good teams, Holy Ghost-filled Pentecostal people to go in and just preach the gospel to them. Amen. That works. If you believe that, say amen. Just preach the Word of God. Amen. That Word of God will work. 
So we're having teams go in, but also the tents, and this is very important. Now I can purchase a tent for $4,500. It'll be a 60 by 40 tent, and we'll send that tent in, and they'll have crusades under the tent. They'll come out, they'll pack that tent out, they'll have crusades under the tent. The people that are saved will either be absorbed into the churches in the area, or if they want to plant a church, if they, they get saved under the tent, we leave the tent there, the church is planted, and when they get a building built, we move the tent. And this is a tremendous tool for evangelism. Thousands will come in as a result of uh, tent evangelism. So those tents are $4,500, and if you want to help us buy a tent, you let me know, and we'll get that tent bought and sent out within the next two or three weeks if the Lord lays that on your heart. And uh, we'll just we'll move on across that. But church planting, uh, we have a goal in the Caribbean to plant 200 churches by 2020. Uh, a lot of the Caribbean region has been totally stagnant. It's been just what it is for years. As a matter of fact, we've lost ground. So through evangelism, working, preaching, reaching the lost, um, our goal is to plant churches over the next, uh, plant 200 churches uh, by 2020, August of 2020. Uh, another thing that we're doing there is we're putting the school of Christ. We're mandating that uh, all across the Caribbean. And if you know anything about the school of Christ, uh, as one administrative bishop uh, told me recently, he said, I know who you guys are, the School of Christ. He said, you come in for three weeks, you train students, graduate those students, and they go out like kamikazes planting churches everywhere. I said, yes, sir, that's us. I'll be going to Vietnam as a part of our Caribbean outreach in uh, March, the first week of March. Not the first week, I think the second week of March, graduating a school and then working in some other areas there. I'll come back, be on five days, fly right out to Bangkok, Thailand, and we're going to be working there with the School of Christ as well. But the wonderful thing about that is, is what we're going to talk to you about next is it is a part of Caribbean outreach. Now, the, the Caribbean region has never had a mission like it has now. Uh, they have missions, but they're in the country missions. In other words, it's one country helping another country in the region that needs help. Well, now we have three regions in the Caribbean, and each region is assigned a region in the world. Remember, from a mission field to a mission, for, a mission force. And so the northern region of the Caribbean is going to be reaching into Europe. Uh, I'll be going to uh, Israel and then Croatia, uh, hopefully this summer. And in the capital, Zagreb, uh, the capital of Croatia, we're going to be uh, training students and we're going to be planting churches in the capital. We have a pastor there who was a Muslim imam. And he was converted to Christianity. God, of course, filled him with the Holy Ghost. And now he's pastoring there in Zagreb. And we're going to go work with him and partner with him and use that location uh, to train students and plant churches throughout the, capital of, uh, in, in, throughout the capital there in Croatia. Then our central region is helping us in Asia, Vietnam, Thailand, some of the other places where we're going to be working there. And then the southern region of the Caribbean is reaching into Israel. Now, we just sent a check off. Uh, well, I'll actually send it tomorrow uh, or a wire, a transfer to Israel for $1,000. And that's going to pay for the materials uh, that a team who's going for us in March is going to buy to do some repairs on an intercultural center that we have on the Mount of Olives. We have a, a, a nice center there and a church. I preached there this last November on my birthday. Best 50th birthday I've ever had. Had a wonderful time in the Lord. Well, that facility is made available to us for training, the School of Christ, and uh, bringing our ministers in from the region. We only have about five churches there 
uh, in Israel, but through the Caribbean and this church. Now, this church, when I say that, I talk about the Caribbean. Everywhere I go, this church goes, and they go other places besides what we're doing in the Caribbean. But when I say me, I mean us. Amen. We, we go together. But the southern region of the Caribbean uh, is going to be resourced to help us work in Israel. Israel is only 2% Christian. Now, there's some uh, are 2% Christian in the whole of the land. Now, think about that. 2%, if you, if you go to the, the big side of that percentage, 2% of Christianity in the land of Israel, less than that is evangelical, less than that is Pentecostal. But two years ago, we took a struggling church under, run about 15 people, the pastor and his wife, wonderful people, but just about ready to quit. We took that church under. We mentored them, sent Brother Jeff, Sister Marcy there uh, to live in their home with them, put them through the school of Christ. They came through that school of Christ, put their church through the school of Christ, and now that church two years later is in its third location because it's growing. Now, all churches there are small with very few exceptions, but it's in its third location. It's grown from 15 to about 50 people. I was there in November. I preached there, and I'm telling you, before I got up to preach, all I could do was sit and look across that congregation and smile. And that, that congregation today is doing as good as any congregation in Israel and better than most. And so now we have five or six other works, and we're going to do the same with those works that we've done for that work in the Muslim quarter in East Jerusalem, and the Caribbean region is going to partner with us to help us do that. And so that's just one region of the world that we're working in. Now, we're going to go through some others as the week goes on, but that's what this missions conference is all about. It's to help us to send tents, to minister in so more ways that I could stand and tell you here tonight. What, I, what I've spoken to you about here tonight is just a portion of what's going on in the Caribbean to strengthen that region, and so that's, that region then can strengthen the world. So, uh, so if you look at the page that's in front of you tonight, you can see, if you haven't already, uh, what we've got going on in our missions program. Now, I've told you about the Caribbean tonight, but on the missions pledge, we'll talk about another one each night, but on the missions pledge, there's a place there for you to give to... to uh, general missions that just comes into the church, and we're going to take what comes into missions, and we're going to use it where it's needed, as it's needed, and take care of all of the monthly support uh, that we're supporting, and we're going to add what we can. But if the Lord deals with you to buy a tent or to, to specify some particular ministry that you see on the pledge sheet, then we have a place there for you to put that down and pledge to that. But we appreciate you listening to us tonight and being in this conference and partnering with us. Uh, let, let's, let's make a global, let's leave a global footprint. When the trumpet sounds and we get out of here, amen, let us know that we have touched our world for the glory of God. It's not about one church, not about one person or a few or one pastor. These things that go on have only been made possible through good partnerships. We've had a lot of people in a lot of churches that have partnered with us to make this possible. And so this is not so much an effort of the McLean Church of God as it is an effort of this conference of people coming together. So thank you, and we ask you to continue to help us with that. Ushers, if you'll come around tonight, amen. We're going to pray, receive our offering pledges, going to turn the uh, Nesbitt family loose, and then Brother Roger is going to come around and preach to us what the Lord has laid on his heart. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for what we have already felt in this service this evening. And I pray, Lord, that you would touch the hearts of your people as we come together to do business with you in this conference. 
I pray, Lord, that you'd bless this offering and these pledges now. In Christ's name, amen and amen. May the Lord bless you as you give tonight.
Jesus, in the twinkling of an eye, I make my reservation for a mansion in the sky. To a place called Calvary By the precious blood of Jesus The trip's been paid for me I'm a-going home with Jesus In the twinkling of an eye Well, I made my reservation For a mansion in the sky I may not know the moment Or I may not know the day But I know that I believe it When it calls his church away Savior and our loved ones who have gone. Then I live through all 
the Lord. Amen. Before Brother Roger comes around tonight, we say how glad we are to have Brother and Sister Crawley with us from Clay Hill Church of God. They're with us in service this morning. Appreciate you being here today. I also forgot to mention a moment ago that Brother Roger Bowman is serving as the administrative assistant to the Caribbean Evangelism and Church Growth Department, and he's also serving on the, re uh, the regional youth board for the Church of God in the Caribbean. So he is a tremendous help and uh, I've just been asked to serve on the board of Global Fire Advance. Is that right? Uh, an organization, about 6,000 churches uh, planted to their credit. And he and I are going to be flying out there in April. As a matter of fact, we're going to leave the Sunday afternoon. The conference end, youth conference ends on that Sunday morning and going out there. And uh, I don't know how much more we can do, but we're going to do everything God lays at our hands to do. I'm going to make sure I don't leave this world with an unfinished task. And God say to me, you could have done more than you wanted to. Amen. Come on, Brother Roger, and obey the Lord tonight. Pray for Brother Roger. He has a hard time getting started. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? I think we need to find one more thing for him to do. I don't think this church is busy enough. <laughs> My Lord, what a wonderful opportunity to preach and to work for God. I mean, what an hour. And uh, I thought as he was talking, and you know, I've heard it said, and I may have said it last year preaching, but I'm going to repeat it. I've had a lot of folks tell me I do nothing that you all do for missions, but I have gone on quite a few mission trips. And I think so often that people say, well, you ought to do more here. Well, then you that feel that way ought to do more here yourself and pray for us that's going there. And I don't mean that rudely or crudely, amen, but I, I get told that a lot. There's a lot to do here, but here's the way I look at it. If we don't win them before they come here and do all we can where they're at, then we'll pay a price when they get here. And uh, so I do thank God for a church that has a mission mind. And uh, my uh, one of the ladies at the church, our Sunday school class, raised some money. One of her projects was to raise enough money to free one of the slaves in Pakistan. She was so excited that uh, she was able to do it. I don't know if the check come in. I forgot to pick it up. Then I know the check's on its way here. And she's thrilled to death knowing that she's able to bake some cakes and sell some of her stuff at the house and work for the Lord. Isn't it good to do what you can for God? Amen. Amen. Brother Zane Estes, I th told John, brought it out so perfectly. What You know, if we give our part, God sees what we're willing to do, and that's what matters. Every dollar, everything you give towards missions, I promise you, is much needed and necessary. I do want to thank Brother Shannon and the church here for this opportunity to be back in the house of God. 
I do count it an honor to preach with Sister Linda. And uh, I, I, when I left the, the place, uh, the house, Sunday afternoon, leaving the church, I drove halfway, usually go to my mom's, but she was too sick for us to come by there uh, with, with some sickness. And so we come in a little piece, but when I was leaving, all of them said, man, we feel for you. you got to preach after Sister Linda. She's going to kill me now. <laughs> talking about Brother Shannon, talking about him getting in trouble. Uh, but anyway, uh, a lot of them whispered in my ear, said, you you got to remember, you got to get up after her. It's okay when she sits on that pew. I don't have to worry about her preaching after me. Then I, she goes on out and preaches revivals. And so, but when it's here, I, I do, Sister Lynn, I do count it an honor. What a wonderful message she preached this morning out of Psalms 127. Preached out of Proverbs Monday night. My, how wonderful the messages have been. Me and her both got texts from preachers in our, a preacher in our church and said, uh, what a wonderful message that was last night and again today. But I know I, let's get on into the message this morning, uh, this, this evening. Uh, I'll be preaching, I guess, in the morning as Brother Shannon said or Sister Linda let me. <laughs> Sister Linda, I promise you, uh, forgive me as your pastor. <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble. But before you stand, go ahead and turn to Matthew 9. And I want to just bring something out that the Lord spoke to me. Uh, I do feel the Lord has spoke to us with a message tonight. I do want to say to Sister Carmen and to Nesbeth, always, always enjoy being with them. Uh, I, I, I'm always honored to be able to, to get up behind them after they sing. They're, you know, I thank God for wonderful singers. But thank God, isn't it good to get up behind the, the singers that's anointed by the Holy Ghost? Isn't that good? And maybe you're not a preacher, you don't understand that. But it's good to get up after folks that you know, amen, are living the life that they're singing about. A lot of folks can sing about it, but they don't know what they're singing about. But I'm glad we know exactly what we're preaching about, and they knew what they were singing about. Isn't that good news? Amen. Uh, but I thought today, and I'm going to read it. Uh, Sister Linda touched on it last night. I told her I'm glad she didn't go too far into that story. Uh, you could pick it up out of Mark chapter 5, verse 25. But I'm going to go out of Matthew in a moment. But I want to say this. Whenever you start reading, thinking about the life in church and all that goes on in church, I'm, again, do want to say before I get started, good to have my sister and brother-in-law from Oklahoma. And I'll be honest with you, they didn't come to hear me, they come to hear Sister Linda. But it's good, they want to see me and hear her. Uh, but it's good to have them. But as I was praying today, praying for the, the meetings before I come here, I always ask God what He knows necessary and needed. I feel that He has spoken to us for this night. And uh, as I was thinking about that, I get to thinking about, and where I'm going to read from is a woman with the issue of blood. You can go to Luke chapter 8, pick it up in about verse 43, and you find there where it talks about her again there. The Gospels record it three places, and we know that. But before I went there today, just thinking as I was praying, how often it is we get called up looking, if we're not careful, on the outside, on everybody else's issues what they're happening, what they're facing, what they're going through, and that's good. But sometimes we need to look on the inside and see what issues I have for God to deal in my life. When you look in the book of Isaiah and you start reading that, that book, from chapter 1 to chapter 5, you'll find there, uh, there's eight times that the word woes mentioned. 
And whenever time is mentioned, starting in chapter 3, I believe it's in verse 11, or maybe in verse 9 the first time, it is that the writer writing, Isaiah the prophet, is writing, he said, Oh, woe is to you, or woe is to them, or woe is to those that's evil, and woe is to those that's saving a lot of things going on in their life. When you look at chapter 5, and you get to thinking about that, that chapter there, that it was there that Isaiah said the famous verse there, uh, is chapter 5 has verse 11, verse 18, verse 20. He says, Woe unto them that called good evil and evil good. We're there. We're, we're there in our nation. We're there in our world. Never seen a time, but I'll be honest with you, I'm excited. Because the Bible reminds us, he told us what was coming. We're not ignorant of what's on the way that's yet ahead of us. But one promise that we got, that God said that we're his. Amen. And it says, where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. Amen. Isn't that good news? And so the prophet Isaiah is writing here. And it come to me how so often we look at others that surround us. And we can pick out their issues and their woes and, and the things that's wrong with them. But then Isaiah got to thinking. And God let him have a vision. It said in the year that King Uzziah died. Isaiah said, I seen the Lord high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Amen. That's a beautiful verse. Then you go on down that verse 3 says uh, that we it talks about the cherubims uh, then it says the Holy Ghost the power of God was so real in that uh, temple that it shook the post of the temple shook my that's some power and then it goes on down talks about then Isaiah said in that verse 5 uh, he said woe is me you know what I want God to look at me brother Bobby I want God to look at me and I want to know that I'm doing what I need to do to go to heaven amen I want you to make it I want everybody my family I've got grandkids that you better believe I pray daily that I can see them in heaven but I told God God let me look at my life and see what I need to correct in my life and so Isaiah wrote and he said woe is me I want God to look at Roger Luke and see what I need to work on oh God get us ready in this last day church the Lord's about to return I get so as a pastor you see folks that on your pew that's backsliding by Sundays and you wonder what will it ever take I hope tonight if there's anybody that is having a mindset that it's not worth serving God that you will shake yourself awake yourself and let God stir our spirit cause God soon to send the son amen stand tonight to the reading of God's word Matthew chapter 9 I want to read and preach from this part of scripture right here Reading down in, in this chapter here, look at verse 20. Matthew wrote it this way. And behold, a woman which had, was diseased with the issue of blood 12 years uh, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. This is the verse that I like. For she said within herself, she said within herself, if I may but touch his hem, I shall be whole. Amen. I wish to God we'd look inside ourselves tonight and ask God, you know the issues you have that you're battling, struggling with, you're fighting. Amen. Look inside and say what she did. I want to look inside myself. And she said within herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall behold. But Jesus turned himself about when he saw her. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. For thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Amen. Isn't that 
good. May God bless the word tonight and us to preach it. You may be seated. As you look at this tonight, I, I thought about it as I looked over these notes this afternoon. I thought it is amazing that it oftentimes uh, we all come in here with issues. Uh, I myself have issues. Uh, amen. Sometimes it's easy to notice some external issues uh, of somebody's life. Uh, but sometimes we got to go internal and ask ourselves, what is it that's keeping me back from getting all of God I need to get? Uh, I want to do all I can in these last days. Uh, I heard what the pastor said. Uh, I don't want to leave here with my hands full of grain because I refuse to sow it. Uh, but I want to know in these last days that I sow the seed God brother Jeff put in my hands to sow I want to know that when I go to the throne room to face God that I go empty handed because everything he put in my hands to do that I completed that mission amen our call is to spread the gospel amen of Jesus Christ I don't want to leave a carbon footprint on this earth I want to leave a gospel footprint that when I leave they'll know that I've been there I want to know God, I'm fixing to preach, but I want the church to know this one thing. We need to understand. We need to look inside of ourselves and realize there's issues that we battle inside of the church that we better reconcile with because God's soon to come. I'd rather know that I dealt with the issues here than let God have to deal with them there. I'd want to know that I made it right and got everything under the blood that needs to be. I've come tonight to warn somebody and to give us a consolation in a warning in the warning we misunderstand all of us have battles and trials but we must learn that Jesus is the victor of our life and we can have victory amen Oh, my God, when I thought about this, the issues of life, it's easy. When you think about there's issues of health, there's issues of finances, as Sister Linda brought out last night, there's issues that we have with family, there's issues we have with our children, but there are issues that I believe as a pastor that concerns me most is those spiritual issues that we allow the devil to hinder our walk with God. We allow that devil, amen, to stop us to complete all we knew with God. But I pray tonight, I come to preach, amen, that sometimes we got to look within ourselves and ask what is it that's hindering me from going further with God. I want to know again when this race is done. And I can say like Paul, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there's laid up me a crown of rice, but not only for me, he said, but all those in 2019 at the missions conference that make up their mind. I've dealt with my issues. I've dealt with my problems. And I've come to tell God, I will do all that I can. My God, church, we've got to be like this woman. She said within herself, if I could but touch him, I wish to God we'd leave here Friday night saying, we've got a hold of Jesus Christ. And he's become our everything. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I thought about this today. The directions of my life is not going to be determined on what somebody else does in their life. we got to make up our mind. The directions that I take is going to be according to God's plan and purpose in my life. Amen. Oh, my, when I started looking at this, you think about this. You hear times of people, two different people, being in the same room with the same sicknesses. One dies, one gets healed. That's good. It is because sometimes the issues are dealt with. In the church, we're...
all the, no matter where we go to church, it matters not where you go to church. Inside of our sanctuaries, our folks is dying with issues that refuse to let God have them. Amen. They'd rather harbor the feelings, rather harbor the attitude, rather to harbor what they have inside of their life than to let God have it. But today and last night and Sunday morning, all this week I've been thinking about what I had to preach. And I've asked God to send me to this pulpit. I want to be like that woman with the issue of blood. She thought within herself, it's not about the crowd. It's not about what others do. I've carried this long enough. I'm going to shed it off tonight. I'm going to get rid of it now. I'm going to let God give me glory. Twelve long years. She had allowed them to mount up. But now God's about to give her victory. I don't know how long your issue's been bothering you. And I may not never touch your issue. But God knows it and you know it. And there's a God that's about to bring victory. I feel the presence of a holy God in a sanctuary. And I'm asking God, God. Thank the Lord. When you think of this story here, it was in Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Mark records it this way. He said she'd rather it get, got, uh, rather grew worse, and she had been to many physicians. Luke says it this way, and I think it's verse 43 of chapter 8 of the book of Luke. He said that she'd come, and she'd spent all that she had. I'm going to tell you something. When you got issues in your life spiritually and you keep harboring or holding on or keeping them inside, amen, they'll eat you alive. Amen. Oh, God, I'll be honest with you. I pastored long enough. This is my 25th year at the church I'm at. And I've watched folks. Amen, you can suit it up. You can put a pretty dress on it and put a nice hair bow in the hair. But if you've got an issue inside that you've not let God deal with, it'll canker your soul. It'll canker your attitude. It'll canker your spirit. And little by little, she allowed it. Amen, it said 12 long years. Amen, she had carried this around. In Leviticus 25, it talks about dealing with that issue of blood but this woman for 12 long years she had had it I've watched folks sit in years and had hurt feelings and attitudes and unforgiveness and refused to forgive and died in a rotten unforgiving spirit I'd rather know that I forgave them amen come hell or high waters I refuse to hold those things that hinder my walk with God I'm going to shake it loose let God have it all I've come tonight to say within myself it ain't about Gerald Ellis. It ain't about Brother Shanna Connors. It's about Roger Luke. Roger Luke's got to go to heaven. And what he's got to do is deal with what God knows his issue is. If we're not careful in the ministry, it'd be easy to have jealous spirits. But the ministry's not ball. We're not in competition. This isn't a competitive thing. I, may, I don't know if I've ever said it here, but I'm going to say it now. I was preaching a, a, a camp meeting. I'll leave the state law uh, alone. Don't name it. Uh, wonderful, wonderful, very well-known minister was there. Dynamic preacher. I knew that I, you know, I, I know what my capability ability is and what, how I preach. He preached a dynamic message. Walked out of that pulpit, quite a few preachers there. The, the, the man over the meeting come to me and he said, what you going to do with that? said, look at that competition you got. I told him what I'll tell you. I'm not in competition. It ain't a, look, I have folks tell me they got to buy my CD to see what I said because I said it so fast. 
Amen. Oh, Lord. Sister Linda titled me years ago, Roger Reddy. She said, I start off in the shoot going at it. Amen. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm in, I'm in no competition, Brother Jeff, with nobody. We're in this thing to win souls. It ain't about who outdoes who. It ain't about the prettiest title. It ain't about how we can dissect Scripture. What it's about is telling somebody in the issues of life, you got to let God deal with it. If you're sick, God can heal you. Amen. If your child's backslid, God can bring them home. Amen. If you got trouble in your life, God knows how to bring the trouble to a stop. I'm glad there is a God. That woman said within myself, I've got to deal with it. Amen. Quit looking at others and blaming them for your fault. I wish God would shake me tonight and preach me on that Holy Ghost to remind somebody we've got too much time to go to give up now. Amen. May 10th, 1979, this will be my 40th anniversary or birthday in the Lord. I'm a young man, 40 years in the Lord. I told him, I don't know if we, I don't know, I don't think our church is in revival, but I told him we're going to have a one-night revival. Amen. We're going to have a birthday party. Hey, remember, here's what I'm going to tell you. you. If we're not careful, we let issues build up in us. We let things start harboring our spirit. I, 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 you know, I thought about this, and then I want to read something. Years ago, it's 1934, if my year and, 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 and year serves me right. His name was uh, Glenn Cunningham. You can look him up on Google or Bing it. Now they got what they call Duck Duck, whatever website or search engine you want to. But, uh, but Glenn Cunningham was a runner. But, and he, won, he was one that broke one of the first uh, uh, races in a mile. Then later was Roger Benham, I believe was his name, broke it in 1954. He broke it in less than a four-mile minute. It's been broke since then more times than that. But, but it was about Glenn Cunningham. He was told as a little boy he had been burnt. His body had been twisted in flames. And they told him if he ever walked, it would be a miracle. If he ever was able to run, it would definitely be a miracle. If you read the story of Glenn Cunningham, it's a beautiful story. He made up his mind. It's what others say about me but not what I feel about myself. I'm going to do different. And it was that he run races in one of them and was not broken for years. You know what he said within himself? I may not look like much to you. It may look like I've got issues but I've got better than that. I'm going to get a hold of this body and make it do what it can't do. Let me bring that to the spiritual sense. I may not look much to you. I may not have much to say you think. But I've got a God working on the inside. It's about to burn out on the outside. I want to tell somebody, amen, look within yourself. You've got issues, but allow God to dry them up. Amen, church, we've come too far. We've crossed too many bridges. We've seen too many revivals. We've shouted too many altar calls to allow the devil to rob us. It's time we shake ourselves, awake ourselves, and realize God's still on the throne making intercession for us. I'm going to read something to you in a moment, but I want to say this before I get there. Amen. Somebody said you'll never make it to that woman. See, that disease was where she was never to be around a crowd. Whatever home she entered in and wherever she sat or positioned herself, everything was unclean. She finally got sick of that issue. you got to finally make up your mind. I'm tired of the devil keeping me in this bound with this issue. Glory. Brother Shannon, I've watched folks for years carry bitter spirits 
Matter of fact, I'm about to read an article to you of a doctor. Amen. They say now they're, 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 they're diagnosing more diseases than ever. It's not that there's more diseases, but they say people is yielding to more issues in their life. And it's causing them to fall into sicknesses. You know what's wrong with the church? It ain't that we're not having enough revivals. It's not that Brother Shannon's not preaching under the anointing. It's not that the choir's not singing great songs. It's that we've let issues of life hinder our walk with God. I'm a pastor, and I've watched it happen, but I've come, amen, to the McClenney Church of God to remind us that woman said within myself, I can't look at that sister. I can't look at that brother. I've got to look at what I'm battling and what's pulling me down and what's hindering my run with God, that I can get with God and do everything I need to to run. Issues, amen. I put this in parentheses. It's not the person that you, 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 you never let you through, never done nothing for you. It's not that person. That's not your issue. The issue is not the person that neglected you. The, person that, the issue is not the person that may have abused you. Amen, I hear this so often. Amen, the issue is not uh, you. If you and I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't deal with issues, you'll be like some's been in the church for years. We'll sit in a spiritual well, wheelchair and have to depend on somebody to get our blessings for us. I want to know when I pray, Brother Jeff, I can get an answer for myself. I want to know when I bow ahead that I can get a touch of God. But you know what I've watched in the house of God, Brother Shannon? I've watched a lot of folks. No, it's not literal wheelchair. But you will amend every Sunday. You preach and doctor them up, and they walk out still with the same issue. But tonight, I don't know who I'm preaching to. It may only be one, but somebody needs to hear. Quit blaming everybody else with your issue and look inside yourself and say, I want to do all I can to get all I can of God. Amen. Church, amen. We're about to leave this world. Amen. The Gilead Institute put out a, uh, and I printed it out before I left. It says, your mind can make you sick. I understand this woman had a literal issue of blood. But can you imagine after 12 long years, it finally got inside of her. And she probably felt for a long time, I'll never get better. Nothing will never happen. When you look at the story of Luke chapter 13, you start in that verse 11. Said there was a woman there that had a, had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. A spirit of infirmity. Her issues, it said, was within her spirit. And said she was bowed over. But thank God that day Jesus walked in to take care of issues. He come on a Tuesday night to take care of issues. Amen. Can I tell us something? You can get in your mind. You ever walked in a church? And you've seen two people talking. What's the first thing the devil puts in your spirit? They're talking about me. Your name probably wasn't never mentioned. That's how the devil works. And can you imagine this woman? She knew that I, could, I can't be noticed. I can't be seen. But she made up her mind. It don't matter about who sees me today. It's the matter that Jesus touches me today. There's somebody. Or God would have changed my message. And I'll try to preach better in the morning. But I've come to tell somebody. you got to say within yourself. Amen. She made up her mind. This is my day. This is going to be my revival. This is going to be my breakthrough. I refuse to let the issue continue 
you dragging me down. I refuse to let me pull me out. Even not enjoying God, I wish that God would understand if you can get rid of some of them mind battles and let God give you victory. My God, I feel like God's going to give victory tonight to somebody in an issue that he's able to break it forth in your life. Amen. Sister Linda preached from it last night, but he, this, this article had this verse. Sources are beginning to confirm, or scientists are beginning to confirm that certain wise men have said at different points in history, King David being one, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. That was Sister Linda's message last night. In Proverbs 17 and 22, it says your mind is a mental state that can have profound effects on your physical body and your spiritual experience. I'm not going to read the whole article, but it said some of the physical problems that they noticed that stem from the mind is worry, anger, jealousy, hate, ill will, grudges, uh, vindictiveness, ill uh, irritations, uh, resentment, guilt, depression, anxiety, lack of joy, and happiness. Uh, all these negative emotions and thoughts uh, said can eventually pull you down. Uh, can I tell you, I can promise you uh, in every church you attend, uh, you're going to find one of them issues somewhere. There's somebody holding a grudge. It may not have been from last year. I've seen people hold grudges for 30 years. But there's a God tonight that said there's a God that can forgive a grudging spirit. There's folks that's jealous of each other. Amen. She sings more than I do. Brother Shannon lets her do more than I get to do. He's got more duties in the church than I've got. I want more. Amen. You better shake that spirit. All you need to ask God for, if it's nothing but clean the toilets, let me do it to the best of my ability. But God, let us shake ourselves. Get out of that mindset that I don't matter in God's house. You tell that devil, I'm the king's kid. I belong to the Father. I belong to the Son. I belong to Jesus Christ. Amen. You don't have no right or authority. I'm going to break loose tonight and let God bring me victory. Goes on down and reads in this article. It said a decline of physical energy. And, and is, is vitally due to guilt following a series of sins, a result from a sting of lies, chronic aches and pains. And they go through this article and said that there's suppressed guilt and skin rashes after quarrels with somebody, arguments, heart rhythms change in response to positive or negative thoughts, high blood pressure from the, from the bouts of anger or fear or stress or imagined problems. We're living in the most fearful day we've ever lived in. But fear's not of God. Fear's not of God. He's told, Paul reminded us that. He said, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Let me tell you something. Now, I'm preaching, and I've got family here, and i got folks that's like my family, and, and i got my Uncle Junior here, but I'm just going to try to be polite through this. But growing up, I, I, I just seen some things in church as a PK, a preacher's kid. I let it affect me. I let it affect me to the point it become issues in my life. I got so bitter at my daddy's people, some of my daddy's folks in his church. I couldn't, I resented them. I carried anger and bitter, bitterness and, and just an attitude towards them. And I made up my 
my mind. I said, I said, I'm going I'm to join the Marine Corps because I heard if I'll join the Marine Corps, they'll make me so hard. I'll, I'll lose my feelings and have no emotions. But I'm glad I had a praying mama that seen issues raising up inside of me. I'm glad I had a praying daddy. Amen. I'm glad I had a praying church. I'm telling somebody tonight, amen, God didn't give me this just to waste your time or to stand up here for a few minutes. But there's somebody needs to look inside. She said within herself, the only way I'm going to be whole, if I let go of my issues, I've got to get myself right. If they never accept your forgiveness, you've got to forgive. If they never overcome what they've done to you, you've got to get rid of that grudge. Amen. Can I tell them why I'm preaching this? But I'm telling somebody, shake yourself. Awake yourself. And look how close you are. Amen. Age is creeping up. Hairs are changing colors. Wrinkles are getting in the brow. It's not time to play games, but make up my mind. I'm going to give God my everything and turn all to God. Amen. Oh, God. Let me tell you something. I'm so happy to preach like a pastor said vengeance at times. But when you deal with it weekend after weekend, the article goes on down. D.F. Dunbar recently had a patient die in his, in his care. And they diagnosed him with grudgeitis, and that sounds crazy, like arthritis. Said he had bared a grudge so long in his heart that it affected his, his physical body to it finally what killed him. And that's sad. I, I, a story resonates as a young pastor. I was in a certain hospital in Atlanta, and, and a man that was in there, uh, uh, their children went to our church, and they wanted me to go see their daddy. I'll try to leave his name off. I know it's going over. Facebook, but I, I'll never forget what he told me. He looked, he pointed his finger in my face of the cliff, and he said, he said, son, I'm going to tell you something. He just had had his leg amputated and, and wasn't doing good. He said, I'm going to tell you something. This is what he told me, buddy. He said, I, I, I could quote you scripture. He said, it's appointed unto a man once a night after death judgment. He said, son, I'll face my judgment. I didn't know what to do, Brother Gerald. I, I was a young preacher, intimidated by his thoughts. He let me know he'd got offended in a church over instruments. They, uh, the pastor told him to cut his guitar down, and he got mad and left the church. And so when he left that night, about, I believe, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, the daughter called me. Mr. Jack didn't make it. Mr. Jack died. Amen. It was more than an amputated leg and a few issues of the body, but he died with an issue. I know. I mean, I wish to God that Nesbos would have made you shout when they sung, I begged them. But I've come to tell somebody, amen, we got to go to heaven. Amen. No matter the cost, I'd rather know that I made it all right and forgave everybody that bothered me than to know I kept one thing inside. Amen. I fought this at 4 o'clock this morning. I laid on my face asking God. God to anoint me or change my mind. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. She said within herself, amen, I'm not going to die with it. Everybody around me may desire it, but I refuse to die with this issue. Amen, my God, wouldn't it be better to shout with victory and the joy of God than lose the spirit of God in your soul? Emotional problems, negative emotions, left unattended, breed greater mental and emotional problems. Amen. I'm, I'm fixing to quit with this article and finish the message. Often results in sickness and sometimes death. Spiritual problems. A, a, a disturbed mental state causes harm that can be manifested in various spiritual problems. 
and we see them. This could include a decline in spirituality. Don't say because we sung 90, page 92 in that green, that hymnal, that it don't resonate no more. It still is a good song because we're talking to Jesus. It's not the song that's got old. It's the issue in your life. Amen. When you're, when you're wrestling on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night and a Wednesday, should I go to church or if I should I stay home, you've got an issue. Amen. When you're struggling when I should get my kids in Sunday school or keep them out so we can sleep a little longer, you got issues. Amen. I come to preach tonight. We better shake ourselves. This isn't a game. We made hell a toy. We made hell a cuss word. It's not a curse word. It's an eternal place that somebody's going to. But I made up my mind. I will be like that woman. I'm going to look inside Roger Luke and refuse to let issues harbor and hinder me from receiving what I need from God it didn't stop there goes on down said <coughs> spiritual problems is going to decline spiritual lack of interest in spiritual things I mean pulling away from fellow believers it ain't that they're treating you bad let me tell you something, I'm a pastor if I hear this once brother Shannon thank God if I heard this once I've heard it a thousand times in 25 years Nobody shook my hand. We don't have pews like you. Our pews set against the wall. And I've watched folks that was fighting issues. Sister Carmen, they go to the back side of that pew. If nobody don't go down there and shake their hand, they don't shake a hand. But if nobody shakes their hand, there's an issue. Then it's the church's problem. When you visit them, here's what you hear. Nobody cares enough to call me. Here's what I'd like to say, but I don't. But I'm saying it on Facebook. Ain't that brave? Ain't that how brave we are now? We say it on, 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 that, on that, that, that technology. We get bold on technology. Man, you think I'm six foot nine when I'm about to say this. Here's what I like to tell them. They said, well, nobody's called me from the church. What I like to say, how many But did you call when you seen them out of church? But that's not how we deal with it. We don't look inside. We start looking at the pew. It's his fault I'm not as spiritual as I used to be. It's her fault that I'm not where I need to be with God. No, it's not. It's your fault. Look inside. I didn't come to patty cake. I've come to be honest. we got to shake ourselves. Amen. This isn't a game. This is a battle. It is about your soul. Amen. The devil don't character says you sit on a pew every service and sing every song but as long as he can keep an issue in you he'll destroy your soul but tonight's not a victory God's about to bring victory to the house of God amen go read two more things and I'm closing amen it says that pull away from fellow believers cease to attend worship or spiritual gatherings and anger towards God or fellow believers Unfortunate, because a true believer, a true solution for mental unrest and support for mental strength must be include your spiritual life. Now, see, <clears throat> maybe what this pastor a little bit isn't used to it. You know you're talked about because you're the pastor. It's either too cold. <clears throat> it's either too hot. <clears throat> Now, he ain't told me that, but I know someone put shirt, uh, shirts on and sweaters on. I ain't wore my coat in the pulpit tonight. Too many revivals? Not enough revivals. You ask too much of us. That ain't your problem. It's within your issue. You're struggling. You're trying to find a loophole out. 
If I can just find a problem to find with Brother Jeff or Brother Gerald or these other pastors, if I can just find a, a problem with them, then I can get out of church. I, I, I promise I'm going to try to make this sweet when I end. But I'm here to give us a warning. This isn't a game. A root of bitterness can destroy your life. Just a root of bitterness. May never sit on the outside. Amen. May always stay hid on the inside. But God sees that bitterness. Amen. But here's what I like. I'm honest with you now. You know, I, I have people say all the time, well, people, so you, you, God gave us laughter for a reason. So if people laugh and, and they're children of God, thank God. God gave us a mechanism, amen, to laugh. Hallelujah. But one thing that it did say, Brother Shannon, if you'll deal with the issue, it said when a person is spiritually awakened and uplifted, he or she exhibits a cheerful and a faith and a boldness that gives consistency. My God, wouldn't that be a good thing to have in church? A consistent shift here to life. Amen. Not Wednesday night, I'm down. Sunday morning, don't speak to me. Sunday night, I'll shout in your choir. Wouldn't it be good? It don't matter if it's a valley or it's a mountain. I still got the joy of God. God let us shake our issues. Let us shake our attitudes. Let us wake up tonight and realize this thing. Amen. It's about your life in God. God, give all that I can to give you the best. Amen. Amen. You know why you're always discouraged? It's an issue. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've left the church having to pray. I got 45-minute ride to an hour on Sunday, Sunday. Wednesday night's an hour to get to my church from my house. Sunday night, it's about 45 minutes because most folks are at home by then, and we still leaving, going home. I can't tell you the Sunday nights, Sister Jimmy, I've resigned the church. I told Joe when I got in that car, you wait Wednesday night, there'll be a letter on that pulpit. I'm, I'm quitting. You let him look at me that way again. Sit on me when I preach. Yawn, sleep. Amen. Tell me you got a good message to sleep by. Amen. Why don't you get an evangelist? We're tired of your voice. Oh, my. You should have got an evangelist, Brother Shannon. I'm a pastor. See, a pastor sees them issues. But I got to make up my mind. I can do two things. Any preacher can shoot errors from the pulpit. But we got to have our mind made up. If Brother Shane does me wrong Sunday morning, I'm going to come in and look Brother Shane in the eyes because I forgave him. Sister Carmen, we can't pastor with an attitude. If we did, we'd be horrible. I've watched them do it, and they backslid, brother. But we got to get Christ in our life. I'm fixing to close, but I've watched it. This woman finally said, Brother Shannon, she looked within herself. And this is what that verse says. It says, for she said within herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. Thank nobody's got to know it, but I just know I touched him. Isn't that good? Glory. And let me, let me finish this. I, I won't finish that arc. It's good. talks about just getting your spiritual life to the place that, oh, God, wouldn't that be good if we can get to the place that our prayer life touched heaven again. Quit praying for God to kill him. Pray for God to save him. 
Amen. Isn't it amazing we find somebody that has, has, has an attribute in their life. We almost brag about it. I knew it was coming. Why don't we pray for them? This woman with the issue of blood, she made up her mind, it says. And in verse 3, behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him. I don't care what pew you're in. You can come up tonight and touch Jesus. I don't care what level you are. I don't care what gender you are. I'm glad there's a God that we can touch. Amen. We got to shake ourselves and make up our mind. It's do or die. It's live for God now or never. God, I've got to serve you to the end. See, see here. I'm the victim. I'm the victim. I'm the victim. I'm the loser. I'm the loser. I'm the loser. I'm the loser. You repeat it long enough, you'll start believing. Oh, I'm not Zig Ziglar. And I, I'm not from Robert Schuller's church, the Glass Cathedral in California that shut down. Because that theory don't work. But I tell you what theory does work. Gospel of Jesus Christ. I've watched folks have to go around the church when others walked in the church because they couldn't speak to each other. That ain't of God. I know this is a camp meeting. I apologize. I do, Sister Linda. I pray God to give you something for tomorrow night. Amen. To lift up. But I want to, I hope he will be in the morning. But I want to say this, and I'm fixing to close. There's two types of wind that's blowed in your life. Two types. Every preacher preaches from this. Amen. That external winds them storms. They blow out. But we're Pentecost. And we got, a, we got another wind that lives inside of us. As we told the disciples, let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. Amen. And I'm going to prepare you a place that where I'm there, you may be also. That's good. But in that chapter, he said, I'm going to send you another comforter. Amen. You know what? You're the doorkeeper of your soul. If you want the storm to destroy you, open the door to kill you. But shut the door and let the wind of the Holy Ghost have leadership in your life. My God, wouldn't that be good? I'm glad you speak in tongues. But I wish that God would let the Holy Ghost rule and reign in our life. Amen. Holy. Amen. Oh, let me cobble. I'm going to reduce this. Time's getting away. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Paul said, finally, my brother, be strong in order to power of his might. Put you on the horn, but God, you may be standing against the wiles of the devil. Then he goes at verse 12, and he said, look, you got principalities. you got weaknesses in high places. you got, you got spiritual darkness. He said, you got four echelons you got to fight. Therefore, put you on the horn, but God, you may be standing against evil day. Heaven done all stand. He said, there's a day that's approaching. It's evil day. We're here. You ever notice that armor? It protects. So he said, verse 12, therefore, take your horn, God said, stand therefore, having the orange word about the truth, having on the breastplate of righteous. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. If you notice what's good about that armament, it's guarding the inside. I've had a lot of wind blow against me. And that, that church in Tortola, uh, Brother Shannon, it's the only church in Tortola, the only part in Tortola that Sister uh, Vetus was the only place that wasn't damaged, but just a piece on the roof and some more things. We, we sent a team and they fixed all that. The government come out and seen pictures. They wanted to see it. They couldn't believe it. 
uh, and, and what they finally come up with was this. It was just the guardian power of God. Because honestly, all around our house is level. I mean level around our house where that storm destroyed them. Amen. But God knew she didn't have the money to rebuild it. And she was still able to have what she calls Sunday school with kids every Saturday. You know what it was? It was the power of God. That world's looking at the church. And we're still standing. You know why? We shut our doors to the issues of life. We shut our doors to that world and carnality. And we let the Holy Ghost resonate. That woman said within herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. We need somebody to come touch the hem and let God make you whole in your spirit. Amen. Brother Bobby, y'all come on. I'm, I'm going to close. Amen. If God will help us tonight. Matthew 12, 34 just simply says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So let me finish with in closing this. Behold a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. I don't know where you're sitting tonight. Everybody, you're empty. Let me tell you something. Bitterness, jealousy, envy, and strife will destroy any church. Can I thank God? Mom, we're glad for you. I get excited to hear you live at home. Oh, God. Don't ever let it get to you. Let me tell you something. You're sitting right here. You're hearing the preacher preach. When you've let things eat at you for years and you need to move. Brother Shannon, what bothers me Sunday after Sunday, I'll see him put their coat, walk out that door, dining room chair, the issues. She got tired of the issues. I want to be able to always shake Brother Shannon's hand, never harbor nothing in my heart. I've always tried to, to, since I got saved, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, I fought bitterness. I watched my mom and daddy be mistreated in churches. They had good churches, and I don't mean nothing against the church that's still standing, and it's a wonderful church. There's times I've seen things that I didn't like, felt so bitter. Buddy, I made up my mind, I'll never go back to church. But somebody told me I had to deal with issues. I may have told this story last time, but I'm going to tell it because it fits this message. February the 13th, this was my, the 25th year of my daddy passing away. Never hardly ever left his, his church. On a Sunday night, Greg Roberts had him come preach for him. Brother Greg said he walked up around that church 20 minutes. But that day, that Sunday morning, at a pew and a half of his church folks in my church, I was interim pastor at in Alabama. After church, Brother Shannon, they come to me and said, Tell your daddy we're at your church. Call him, tell him, tell him we're coming to your church today. Here's what I told him. I said, I'm not going to tell him. I said, I wouldn't hurt my daddy. Little did I know, I stood in the pulpit that Sunday night and cried the whole service, not knowing my daddy had dropped dead at Brother Greg Roberts preaching a heart attack. I got home, got a call, two-hour and a half ride to my house to Cartersville. Got a call. You got to come back. Something's happened. Finally, somebody on the phone said, your daddy has just had a heart attack and died. You know what come in my heart? A pew and a half full of folks. 
So when I got back to Mama's house, I told Mama, ain't coming to the funeral. I said, no, Mama, they walk in this in, at Johnson Brown Funeral Home. I'm going to be ugly. My mama pulled me in a bedroom, Brother Shane. She said, son, you got two options. You can either get bitter or you can get better. Hard to swallow. I hugged her neck just like I loved them, and I meant it. I don't know who needed this tonight, but we're too close. Sister Lynn and Brother Brewer know of a situation. I had somebody who couldn't stand me. No matter what I'd done, how sweet I'd try to be, how kind I'd try to be, they couldn't stand me. I don't know how they left this world. That's between God and them. It's always troubled me. Church for 50, 60 years, we hold silly society. I don't know why God's calmed this down, but for one thing, I'm not a novice. God's talking to somebody tonight. She, she made up her mind, I'm going to touch his garment. Verse 22 just simply ends this way, and you can stand. But Jesus turned himself about when he saw her. He said, daughter, be of good cheer. Thy faith has made thee whole. 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 We've got used to 2% milk, 1% milk, new type of milk. But I remember all you could get was whole milk. I had one church I was intermittent. He had milk his cow every afternoon. Joan and Jennifer could not stand it. And I loved that milk fresh from that cow. I drank it all the way back to Cartersville. Fresh milk. Still warm. And it was whole. I'm tired of limping in church, holding something against that and I'm sitting with. I'm smiling at you. I'm going to cool you out when I get home. Put you right back. See how it works. I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give a general altar call tonight. I'm not just talking to somebody that may be lost. I'm talking to the church. Church, this way I look at it. I've had times that I've known preachers to fall, and I almost bleed in the in the fact that Brother Jeff, I examined myself. I ain't right. I want us to ask ourselves tonight, what is it? It's my issue. I may not have named your issue, then you definitely know what it is. So I'm asking, you know what I want to do? I do this at my church when altars like this. Is Lord, I want our, every preacher that's in here, I want you to come to the altar first. Lead the way as ministers, even those visiting. Come on, Brother Jeff, all the ministers. I, I know Brother Roger, all that's able to come out. If you're not, and I want to preach. Then I want you that we ought to fall in behind them. Let's gather and let's pray a while. I don't know what time it is. There's not a clock to look at, but we better have time to pray tonight. Let's take time to pray. Amen. Oh, God.